The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So the eighth, the, the, the third foundation of mindfulness has eight exercises or eight practices that, and they're divided into two halves, two groups of four. <clears throat> Each of them, the verb, the activity just to know the simplicity of knowing these mind states or these ways the minds can be. And the first half has a little bit more to do with the minds that is either somehow caught in the world of suffering or is not so much. It's the unwholesome mind or in a wholesome mind. In the second, so there's four like that, and the last four have to do with more minds and meditation. The mind, when it starts becoming free and matures in the Dharma and grows and develops. And uh, that'll be the topic for the next two days, tomorrow and Friday. But for now, uh, so the, it begins the first four, or knowing a mind that has desire, has greed, that's with greed, as a mind with greed. A mind without greed, to know it as being without greed or without desire. To know a mind of ill will or aversion as such. And to know a mind without aversion as a mind without aversion. To know a mind that is with delusion or confusion as such. And to know a mind that without uh, uh, confusion or delusion as a mind without confusion, delusion. Those are the first three. The fourth one, most translators will understand it to be to know something like to know a contracted mind as a contracted mind and a scattered mind as a scattered mind. To know a a shrunken mind, a shriveled mind, as as, as, as a shriveled mind and a and a scattered mind as a scattered mind. And um, sometimes this is associated with um, the third and fourth of the hindrances, to know a mind that's kind of sinking into sloth and torpor, into dullness as such, and to know a mind which is um, um, uh, kind of scattered in rest, from restlessness and anxiety. And it makes some sense because... Um, you know that, that that's what it means. The other possibility is that it's uh, knowing a, not a contracted mind, but a collected mind, and a scattered mind. But whatever it is, the the art of it is to just simply know this is how the mind is. So contracted and scattered, dispersed mind, a uh, mind that's afraid can be either way. It can be so afraid that it kind of shrinks into itself. Or it can be so scattered because it's so restless and it's kind of running around and it's, we're not really present for ourselves. And this can be very difficult mind states to have. But what's happening here is that now, rather than it's being part of the mind, 
that there's uh, the mind with greed, with aversion, with delusion. Now we're talking about a mind that is more globally shrunken, contracted, um, or more globally scattered or dispersed or distracted and jumping around, restless. And sometimes minds are, are that way. And um, uh, fear in particular uh, can have this kind of effect on the mind. But all the other, you know, all the hindrances can have this effect on the mind. But, but um, I find it fascinating to look at my mind and when I get caught up in some mental preoccupation, some thought train or something, to, the, to then, when I notice that's happening, to notice what's happened to my state of mind. And for me, it's like I get, things have gotten kind of uh, obscure, kind of uh, dark, kind of, they become contracted. My world has gotten kind of narrow and small, and I'm pulled into my little concern. Sometimes if I am uh, restless or uncertain or anxious about something, I could feel that the mind is just spinning and jumping around and can't sit still very much. It's like water on a sizzling hot frying pan. It just jumps around and and it's hard to rein the mind in or to settle the mind because of how jumpy it is. So the fascinating thing about this uh, fourth foundation of mindfulness is it's not giving us advice about what to do when we have minds like this that can be quite uncomfortable. All it says is when the meditator knows a contracted mind as a contracted mind, knows a dispersed mind, a scattered mind, as a scattered mind. And um, the fact that it's so radically simple just to know, it's hard to trust that. It's hard to have confidence that this is worthwhile doing. Of course, aren't we supposed to fix it and get away with it and make it better and have a different kind of mind? And, and we're not really meditating if the mind is scattered. And so we have to kind of get advice about how to breathe deeply or to use an antidote or do something so we fix it. There's no fixing it here in this exercise. It's simply recognizing as it is. And to know this is how the mind is at this point. And um, it helps if the mind is somewhat settled already uh, or has had experiences in practice So we uh, before this. So it begins to kind of appreciate the power of knowing. Appreciate the simplicity of just kind of, oh, this is how it is. This is a contracted mind. This is a scattered mind. Human beings have had contracted and scattered minds for tens of thousands of years. And I'm just one more in a long line of people who had minds like this. And I've had maybe many minds like this, and, and this is how it is now. And... Um, and so, oh, this is how it is now. This is my turn. Maybe everyone has to have a turn with scattered and distracted mind. And this is my turn. Okay, so now my job is just to know it, to see it. And then we fall back on the simplicity of knowing, the simplicity of recognition. This is how it is. This is how it is. And um, over time, as we get into the practice, we begin appreciating more and more how powerful it is to know this way, how significant it is. Just know, just know, this is how it is, this is how it is. And, uh, and we find it becomes, it, un, it helps the, 
free the stickiness of the mind. Uh, we're no longer so sticky with caught in it and involved in it and wanting it to be differently. More remarkably, as the mind becomes less sticky and we start, that itself is settling, that itself is calming, that itself, that no, that kind of knowing changes the inner ecology, the inner landscape, and um, begins moving us towards freedom, which is the, uh, this, the, um, the, the next set, the, the other half of this first, third foundation of mindfulness is um, a set of four exercises that describes or starts to, helps us kind of then be on the path to freedom and liberation. These are kind of like the states of mind that begin opening up in meditation, states of mind that can open up and grow out of this radically simple act of knowing. And uh, it's, it's kind of phenomenal to watch it happen, to be present and just know something, know the mind state, know the mind state, and then see how the mind changes in the wake of that clear and simple knowing. So um, the primary thing I wanted to emphasize today is this: how powerful and significant the simplest act of knowing can be. And I would like to encourage you for the next 24 hours to go about your day and see if you can experiment with knowing things as they occur in the simplicity of the moment. Not impatient for the next moment, not needing it to be different, not trying to run away, uh, not having a big agenda, but see how simple and complete and free and clarifying and liberating or brightening it can be to simply know this is how it is. And it kind of means a little bit you kind of allow the knowing to sink in, allow the knowing to be registered. Like you make room for the knowing, give yourself time to know. And this might sound silly, but it's like simple as coming to a door. That's a door. Driving. The light is red. Standing in the line in the supermarket. Knowing I'm standing in a line. And then, and then experiment all kinds of places and see how, what effect this has on you, how you, what impact it has to practice this radical simplicity that has time for the recognition. And then um, tomorrow and the next day we'll do these uh, more liberating states of mind that are in this third foundation. So thank you very much. <laughs>